Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? March 24th edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, your host. Follow me online at Showdown Joe on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you give us a follow at Fightful MMA for all your mixed martial arts tweets and news. And, of course, the website, FightfulMMA.com. It is Friday and an absolute honor and pleasure. Uh, and I don't know what to expect, but he's here, managing editor uh, for Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. Sean, what's going on, my man? Look at that. What is this? What is this beauty right here? Is that the University of Kentucky? It is. And, and what, is, what is this right here? Oh, that's another Kentucky logo. Oh, Hot damn. I mean, Kentucky I could. Sweet 16. I'm ready to go. I could literally drop my pants and show you my boxers with the Maple Leaf logo, but that'd be disturbing. Funny, fun fact Dan Quinn invented that bad boy logo, or so he says. Oh, this, this one here. Yeah, well, he says that it was based on him. <laughs> really? Yeah, in one of his old Stevia videos. Of course he did. Oh, my goodness. My Why goodness. wouldn't he, right? Uh, I don't know if you caught the the, uh, the Sean Pearson podcast earlier this week, but uh, we are on a very, very high, like a super high right now with this Toronto Maple Leaf squad. We are uh, – there's tweets flying out. I tweeted just before the show. Um, one, of the, one of the guys over at Sportsnet that I worked with for a very long time, Michael Grange, is a fantastic uh, journalist. Uh, you know, there, there is a sentiment here, Sean. I don't know how it, how to explain it to someone like yourself, who uh, I'm sure you followed um, various teams that just for for se- decades and decades and decades of, of losses and just hope. Uh, there's some massive hope in the city of Toronto, not just with the Raptors and the Blue Jays, but now the Toronto Maple Leafs, where they reign king, they reign supreme, they basically reign supreme uh, across Canada. People won't admit it, but you go look at any other NHL teams and games, uh, it is a plethora of Maple Leaf fans. Uh, so there's some hope here. Uh, this team is about to make the playoffs, and it's all a bunch of young kids, man. Oh, yeah. I, the, the Cincinnati Reds had 10 straight years of losing seasons, and that was with King Griffey Jr. So uh, that was a little heartbreaking, but the Griffey thing kind of offset it. You're watching a future Hall of Famer. Cincinnati Bengals were one of the most – they were the biggest joke of a franchise outside of the Browns for, for I don't know how long, and they've come back. But I'm a very, very, very casual hockey fan. But i got to say, the Columbus Blue Jackets this year are giving me a little bit of a reason. And we whooped their ass two days ago, 5-2 in Columbus, Man. baby. <laughs> Did, didn't the Blue Jackets beat them like 74-1? to <laughs> It was a bad was beating just... this year, yeah. yeah. There's a potential so. playoff spot. So if Columbus and the Leafs make it into the playoffs, you and I may not be getting along uh, for a good yeah. 14 days. I, I will watch playoff hockey any day of the week. That is just – I remember uh, the first time I ever saw it, my cousin and I just flipped through and we're like, well, let's watch this. We had never watched hockey before in our life outside of a Kentucky Thoroughblades game, like a minor league hockey game. And, man, it was, it was something else. It was a lot of fun. Playoff hockey's ruthless, man. I love the UFC. I love mixed martial arts. But playoff hockey, man, those guys go through hell. Uh, 
to win that trophy. So lots to talk about in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, who knows where we, we can start. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts, though, on Bellator's pay-per-view. It went from Bellator 180 to now being called Bellator NYC. Uh, it is headlined by Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva. Obviously bad blood in that fight there. Co-main event with Fedor Emelianenko taking on Matt Mitrione. They now announced that Lorenz Larkin, who signed with the organization, gets an immediate title shot uh, versus Douglas Lima. Uh, and Michael Chandler will defend his belt against the undefeated Brent Primus. There's so many ways to dissect this Bellator uh, NYC pay-per-view. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you, though, with Chael Sonnen and, and Vanderlei Silva, I've got, a, you know, a God love Vanderlei Silva, who's always been so kind and so nice to me, uh, has always had my back. But from a business perspective, I do have a bit of a concern, obviously, with his injury woes uh, and, and just basically not, I wouldn't say not showing up to fights, but not getting to these fights. He was supposed to fight Krokop. That didn't happen. I mean, Bellator is risking a lot, in my opinion, by having him in the main event of their pay-per-view. Yeah, so, so there's a lot to unpack there. I love that Bellator is rebranding their show, making it a little bit different than than what you'd see on TV. Because that cousin that I just mentioned may hear Bellator 180, not know who's on the card, not not hear anything like that, and say, well, it's probably headlined by Dave Rickles and Melvin Gillard. I'm not going to watch that. But if you say Bellator NYC and you've got Silva, Sonnen, Fedor, Chandler, all these faces on there, that, that that's pretty cool. I love the matchups they've added to this. I don't, it's funny that Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva are in a main event when Vanderlei Silva hasn't fought since Brian Stan. Yep. I almost forgot the guy was a fighter. I almost forgot that that guy ever fought. I just thought he was a military guy that popped up on a broadcast one day. Like, it's been so long. Uh, Chael Sonnen hasn't won since, I can't remember when. And then you have Fedor Mitrione, which I kind of I, I feel for the San Jose fans, like all those people who bought those tickets. And Scott Coker had kind of said, "Well, we're probably going to bring it back here." Well, they're not. So you and and here's the thing: I know Scott Coker will do a make good for San Jose because he cares about that market a lot. But you got to make it up to that market ethically. I think Michael Chandler on the show, hell yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, Lorenz Larkin, a title fight, that's good too. You're highlighting the top of two divisions with those big names. I really, really like that. In the event of Vanderlei Silva, I think he got over to Ryzen. He said, uh, I haven't been taking my on it like Mirko Krokop has, so I'm not doing this fight. That's basically what Elias Theodoro stated uh, on Tuesday. He's like, come on, Joe, Mexican you know the reason why. Mexican supplements. You know why uh, Vanderlei didn't do it because you take one look at at Krokop and you're like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. I'm not ready. Uh, I, you know, can you can you buy that argument? Probably. Uh, I don't know if I do or maybe I do. I don't know, but yeah, I get it. But now nah, um, I saw a crazy. Is it any coincidence that Krokop is like? I think since his second UFC firing, he's like 15 and one in combat sports outside of the UFC. Uh, coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I remember when I saw him in September, I was like, this guy looks good. And I couldn't finish my sentence going, we're in Japan. Okay, good. Got it. Yeah, he looks fantastic. He tells me that he told Heath Herring and I how he feels uh, 100% again. He's just loving it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay. So it, it is what it is. Uh, are you surprised Larkin gets this title shot right off the bat since they've already had Rory McDonald? Or is it because Rory McDonald's been booked with, with Semtex that, uh, or Paul Daly that they're like, nah, well, we need someone here. And are you surprised as well that uh, Phil Davis and potentially Ryan Bader haven't been added to this card yet? I think they will be added to that card. But, yeah, I like the idea of, of Larkin getting a title shot over Rory McDonald because at this point, Lorenz Larkin deserves it more. He's won fights. Rory McDonald hasn't. He's dropped fights, and there's nothing wrong with that. Put him in there against a guy that you know will be in an exciting fight, and Paul Daly will not have a boring fight with Rory McDonald. He will refuse to let it happen. Now, he might get jabbed repeatedly from the outside all day. Who knows? But he won't let him have a boring fight that Bellator may fear, and that kind of goes into the Bellator structure. Like They're structuring some of these contracts to really encourage people to have good fights. They're like, doing very they're doing like the flat fees with the bonus for finishes 
that's pretty cool too. I saw you and Elias talking about that. Um, I think that giving money up front almost incent. A lot of people will say, "Well, they won't. They won't be motivated to win." I'm like, "What? Like, is Johnny Cueto not going to be motivated to go out there and pitch a, a shutout because he's got all of his money right now?" Yeah, he is. They don't. These are pro athletes. They don't want to lose. That's bad for them. So if Ryan Bader gets a bunch of money up front, I think he's more inclined to not fight in a boring manner. He's like, I'm going to get my money anyway. What's it matter? I don't have to worry about half and half. I get this, and if I finish, I get more money. So uh, there's – man, Bellator's got a lot going on. I, I do like – I mean, it's it's the – I like the structure, the idea behind it, but then you've got to go into the to the mathematics behind what you would add as a flat fee contract with a bonus laden uh, percentage afterwards or amount afterwards. Because if you were getting, you know, let, let's say fifty to show and fifty to win, do you now just get fifty as your flat, or are you getting seventy five thousand? And if you win, you get your twenty five thousand. Did you see what I'm yeah, from? What, from what I understand, it's it's a larger flat fee. Yeah, like you would get a portion of your win bonus anyway. So. That's pretty cool. And Bellator has – they have been snatching up any free agents they can get. It really seems like UFC, if they are not known to casual fans, they're willing to let them go. Frankie Edgar, they re-signed him. Uh, they re-signed Nikita Krylov, but apparently he came down on his price. One that I was surprised that they came back with, Tim Boach. He's back. Yeah, and that fight with Johnny Hendricks. I mean, I asked Frank Trigg yesterday, is, is this a loser-leaves-town match? Uh-oh. Well, I mean, they, they, that was Boach's last fight on his contract, wasn't it? The last one? Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. There, there's The Bellator is giving people this avenue. And for a while, we didn't know it was going to happen because of the Paramount deal. And it, apparently, they're going to be a part of that. But they're, they're, they're doing things in an interesting manner. This is, this is what uh, Scott Coker always kind of wanted. He wanted... Like, like I always joked, I didn't want to own and run my own wrestling MMA website. I wanted some rich, eccentric millionaire like Jimmy Van to come along and say, <laughs> here's all the resources. Here's a Showdown Joe. Here's an Elias Theodoru. Here's a Shane Helms, a Matt Riddle. Boom, 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 boom. That's what Viacom's doing to Scott Coker. They're like, listen, here you go. Here's Fedor. Here's Sonnen. Here's Vanderlei. Roy McDonald. Like, they're just throwing all these assets at him, and he's like, yeah, jackpot. It's kind of cool to see that. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's great to see um you know, competition you know forces others to get better. Now, the, the competition space between the UFC and Bellator is is pretty dramatic in terms of of mainstream appeal, I guess we can say. Uh but Bellator if if they continue on this trend and again, we can go back to that paramount discussion uh that I wrote about a while ago because that has me a little concerned as well. Uh but it remains to be seen what is going to happen. Now, I'm excited uh for Bellator and what potentially can happen. Um the one thing about Bellator that I miss the most are the tournaments. Uh, I, I love the tournaments. Uh, I wish, you know, and I'm, I'm probably spilling something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I just, I, I, it's never going to happen in, in the province that I live in, Sean, but um, it, we just don't have the ability to do so because of the way the commission is structured here and, and, the, and the absolute, like, just red tape and circus circuitry that you have to go through but in my vision would always be you know it, it's sometimes you can get rid of belts but but fans love belts okay fans also love tournaments we're in the middle of march madness okay people live for for march when it comes to, to ncaa basketball they love tournaments the stanley cup playoffs is a tournament uh the world cup the biggest sporting spectacle uh every four years is a tournament. Olympics, a tournament. Everyone loves tournaments because you can follow along with whomever uh, you choose to follow. Uh, I love mixed martial arts tournaments, and I loved what Pride did back in the day. Uh, I like what Ryzen does, uh, a tournament format that starts at the beginning of the year, and you can do it for every single division if you're a mixed martial arts promoter and do it starting off in January and work your way to the end of the year to have a massive spectacle where you crown your 2017 champions in this division, uh, and then you create a champion. Maybe they can defend their title throughout the year while you start another tournament the following year, and you work your way down where that champion champion will have to defend his title uh the following year so i mean i love tournaments i wish bellator 
kind of would go back to tournaments because that would separate them from the UFC. The problem is, is it's, it's difficult to promote some of these guys unless you're a hardcore mixed martial arts fan. Now, in saying that, when you take a look at the pay-per-view uh, and the amount of money they're asking for people to spend on this pay-per-view, um, I don't know who how many mainstream fans are actually going to buy this only because, you know, the hardcore fans are going to some way somehow try and buy this if they don't try and find it online streaming for free. Uh, you know, people will buy UFC pay-per-views because it's the mainstream audience. I mean, how many people do you think are actually outside of the MMA bubble are going to spend money on this Bellator NYC pay-per-view? That, that like, benchmark seems to be like 100000 That companies besides the UFC have trouble getting over and staying over consistently and stuff, like, I was going to ask you, if this were a UFC show, how would you feel about it? There's that, there's that weird double standard and stuff, and I wonder if that will translate to casual fans. I wonder if they will say, Fedor's over the hill, Chael Sonnen's over the hill, Vanderlei's over the hill. So this will be a pretty good barometer of, well, we just want to see people fight. We don't care if they're over the hill. We don't care if... You know, it could be like, what's that that movie Grudge Match with Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro where they were the two aging boxers that fought each other and people just still wanted to see it and it was it was like a cultural phenomenon? Maybe it'll be like that. And the Fedor, or the, the Vitor's got the idea of the, the legends, the League of Legends or whatever the hell he's talking about. Bellator pretty much already has that. I think, which, which podcaster said that? Was it Elias or Sean Pearson last Shot. week? <laughs> Shot cuts me yeah, off he when said, I was explaining it. He's like, yeah, it's called Bellator, Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Bellator. So that, that's going to that's gonna be a really big determining factor because we've seen it. I mean, Kimbo Slice did big numbers last year. He did really big numbers. Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie did big numbers, but those were on free TV. So that, that's a really good question that I think we're going to have answered with Bellator. And Bellator is usually, well, I don't know if they're transparent. They say they're transparent when they give numbers and stuff like this, but you never know if they're completely full of shit or not. Because when they, they announced the number for the old pay-per-view rampage, it's like, yeah, I don't really think so. So th- that's an inter- interesting one there. Uh, Bellator, like, Bellator is such an intriguing enigma right now because you don't know what they're doing you just know they're trying to make some of that money back that they're spending because they've been spending a lot of money but their ratings haven't necessarily went up to reflect that very true very true so it does again it remains to be seen uh i think you're correct with the barometer being a hundred uh hundred thousand uh I, I i would love for these guys to do so much more than that because then it, again it creates competition it creates uh intrigue it creates value and, and chael sonnen versus vanderlei silva is a fight that a lot of UFC fans have wanted to see for a long time, despite their distaste for what happened with Chael Sonnen and, and Tito Ortiz. Uh, you know, Vanity Silva has lost some um, some gold dust around his shoulders, uh, and just his his brand value has sort of dropped off because he hasn't been in that UFC mainstream spotlight. Uh, but people do want to see this fight, so I am intrigued to see what this number is going to be. I'll be watching, that's for sure. Uh, Fedor- I, wanted to, I wanted to bring up the tournament thing. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I took to Marcos Galvo yesterday, and he was like, I'm, I'm glad there's not tournaments anymore. He's like, I like the rest in between. But then you got guys like King Mo who they go on a run, bam, you immediately have them back in the title picture if you want, or somebody makes their name off of him. That's one of those benefits. I don't think they should run every single division concurrently because then you run into a situation like Frodo Kospelayev. Like, that guy's never got his title shot. He's been out of the out of Bellator for four years now. You have a guy like that who came in, won two reserve bouts, then won a tournament, and then they, they dicked around with his visa stuff. Like, So, I mean, you, you run into situations like that as well. But uh, Bellator, like... Another good good uh, example. I remember the tournament format got me to watch Bellator. So there might be somebody who tunes in because of that. Because of that, I saw Toby Amata choke out Jorge Masvidal upside down. And I was like, yep, I yep. got to be watching that. I got to be seeing that. You well, never know what will draw yeah. somebody. Tournaments are fantastic. I'm, I'm not sure if you ever heard of a guy. Uh, he's in the UFC now. I think his name is Daniel Cormier. Is that his name? <laughs> 
I remember yeah. we were doing when I was doing uh, the radio show live across Canada, um, uh, the UFC Central radio show. We were talking about Strike Force, and people were like, "Huh." Right, and my co-host at the time saying, "Can you imagine if Daniel Cormier as an ultimate was to win this tournament? It would turn the world upside down." People be like, "Oh, what a joke!" And it's like, "Well, no. If he wins the tournament, he's not a joke." And he ended up winning that Strike Force heavyweight tournament. And look at him now. Right, so many of those Strike Force peeps went over to the UFC and have wreaked havoc. Okay, just go up and down those top ten rankings, and you can see Strike Force all over that. Uh, and those tournaments were absolutely majestic. I love tournaments, and if I could put my promoter hat back on, when I used to promote back in the early two thousands, I would do tournaments right away. If I lived in a province that I was allowed to promote mixed martial arts effectively, Sean, I'd get right back into it, and I would have this tournament show. Uh, it, it, it's it's it builds fighters it builds champions it builds characters it builds people you want to follow i'd also have rivalry like this part of town versus that part of town this part of the province versus that part of the province it just there's different um, mathematical ways of, of doing mixed martial arts promotion effectively i actually have i, sh- I should have put that one up there i've got a, a degree actually i went to fight promoter university a while ago oh, uh, it's fantastic so it's in between there, my my uh refing and my judging certificate i'll have to take a picture of that for you there were three undefeated people in the Strike Force tournament. Do you remember who they were? Three. They were Daniel Cormier. Uh, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. No, Verdum wasn't undefeated. Uh, no, Alistair wasn't undefeated. Barnett wasn't undefeated. Oh, he was. Alistair Overeem was undefeated in that He tournament. was undefeated at the time? Okay, so that's two. No, 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 no. Like, they didn't lose in the tournament. Sorry. Oh, so no, no. I don't know who. <clears throat> Alistair Overeem and a guy by the name of Chad Griggs Chad won Griggs. two reserve bouts That's and never right. got his shot in the tournament. Very Give true. Chad Griggs Daniel Cormier for the rightful winner of the Strike Force Grand Prix. He only had two fights after that, and then he hung him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of guys who always have me concerned of hanging them up are the Diaz brothers. Um, <laughs> Nate Diaz went off on a Twitter I wouldn't say it went off on Twitter. He just had a tweet that ripped apart Dana White. Now, we all know the Diaz brothers uh, operate in a different frequency than most people. Uh, he says that he was he laughed at, at whoever was offered to him, which I'm thinking was Eddie Alvarez. Uh, I, I'd love to see that Tony Ferguson fight. But Diaz, and according to Frank Trigg, if you do the math, and if you, if you listen to Frank Trigg yesterday go off on, if I lived in Stockton and I had two, three million dollars, I live in Stockton. I don't need money. I'm good. But eventually yeah. you're going to need money. And eventually you yeah. get older, and eventually that money, if you don't invest it, it's not returning more money for you in interest. You eventually chop away at that money. It gets lower and lower. Your value, uh, or not your value, your negotiating uh, kind of sucks because now you need money. Uh, I, I don't know. Are we going to see Nate Diaz ever compete in the octagon again if the, if the opposing fighter is not Conor McGregor? I hope so because he has a lot of leverage right now because – Conor McGregor's gone. Ronda Rousey's gone. John Jones isn't back yet. Brock Lesnar's gone. Anderson Silva's getting old. He has some leverage. Until somebody brought up Tony Ferguson, I didn't want to see Tony Ferguson fight anybody but Khabib. Or Habib. That's it. That was the fight I wanted to see. Habib is not going to fight until September. He's at the earliest because of Ramadan. He's not going to fight this summer. That's just what's going to happen. So I would be thrilled to watch Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson in the main event of a pay-per-view. That Let that be his – he wants to say he's a draw. Let him prove it with Tony Ferguson on pay-per-view. Give him a cut of the pay-per-view. Give him money. Give him whatever he needs for that. <clears throat> say, hey, man, now you're not in there with a proven pay-per-view draw. You're the draw. This is on you. This is on your back. Now, he won't do it because from a day-to-day basis, you can't decide – or he and his brother can't decide what they want. Do they want big money fights? Do they want big name fights? Do they want title fights? Or do they just want to fight? Because any day you'll catch them in a different mood and they'll say a different thing. Now, they both have money. And here's the thing. I don't know if they live beyond their means. I don't know if they live within their means. If they live within their means, they could absolutely probably never fight again because you, you know how Diaz fans are. They're going to buy whatever merch comes out. And then locally, running jujitsu seminars is probably going to do fairly well for them. <clears throat> if they were they were in my backyard charging a buck fifty, two hundred dollars a pop for a seminar, I'd probably go just out of morbid curiosity. But uh, they they have that benefiting them as well. It's so weird though, 
they almost gain popularity by not fighting. Yeah, yeah. There's a cult falling for these two. It's that fuck the system type of thing. Correct. Absolutely and correct. It, and it fits them, and it allows them to fight all once every nine years in Nick's case, apparently. So I, I want to see Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, so bad. That is a summer fight. Or if you put that on International Fight Week as a co-main event of that big show, then you can say to Nate, hey, this is a big fight. This is Tony Ferguson. He hasn't lost in nine fights. This is a big money fight because it's International Fight Week. And it's a big pay-per-view fight because it's on whatever their July pay-per-view is. Uh, speaking of big draws, obviously with Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, um, you find it coincidental that the Nevada State Athletic Commission all of a sudden uh, cleaned up this Conor McGregor situation, ah. reduced the fine to twenty five thousand, twenty five hours of community service with, which Conor can do in, in a day or two. Obviously, he'll talk to anybody and then just keep yapping away with kids, or whatever. Uh, but coincidentally, there's this whole Floyd Mayweather thing. They're saying no, it has nothing to do with the potential Floyd Mayweather fight, and I'm like, well, yeah, it does. You left out the part where the Nevada State Athletic Commission said, is that good, Daddy? Yeah. Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Because the Nevada Athletic Commission, they're Conor McGregor's bitch. That's the situation we're in. <laughs> imagine. Imagine me telling you that a guy with no pro boxing fights was getting approved to fight Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Right? I don't care if he's in the UFC – I don't care if he's the champion. That's probably not going to happen. It, it might happen, but that, that'd be a tough road. Um, also, uh, Jimmy Manoa has expressed interest in boxing. That's another guy to throw in our hypothetical card there. Uh, I may have an opponent for Nick Diaz. Um... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think he's. Uh, I, I have. I, I promised I would keep it confidential, uh, but you may want to pay attention to my uh, Twitter timeline because it may come out today. There's apparently going to be a pretty significant pro boxer that may want to call out Nick Diaz. Ooh. Yeah. So there's. I, we we both said we wanted the Diaz brothers on our our hypothetical card. We can add Jimmy Manoa in there. Uh, this thing can become a reality. I want Holly Holm on that card, uh, and we'll see where it goes. But. This crossover, boxing versus MMA card, man, this thing could become a reality. We'll never get credit for it. Never. Ever. No, no. It'll go to other sites, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, what a great idea. Yeah, 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 whatever. We talked about Remember it the time us. we pitched a tournament, and then somebody ran that tournament on their website? Well, hey, man, look. Shocking, right? I've been doing this, Sean, for, for 20 years, uh, and... I, I long, long, long time ago did I ever give. By the way, Jimmy Van informed me that I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are. You're allowed to curse. I'm like Jimmy. I don't like cursing. It's not me. Blah blah. But I can tell you Canadians, one thing. Canadians, man. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. I don't give a rat's ass about what any. Oh! Of these, I don't give a rat's ass about what any of these other sites say and do. Blah blah blah. Because the amount of times over the years that I have mention stuff while I'm at the UFC, when I'm talking to Dana, when I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then within a week, it shows up on other sites as breaking news. And I sit there and I'm like, whatever, losers. Here's a funny story. I was at a a crappy little indie show with my catch wrestling coach. And I spoke to a person who worked backstage at TNA Wrestling. And I pitched this like comical MMA gimmick. Like, and it's, it's a gimmick that me and my catch wrestling coach would run at indie shows where we would come out with the flags and the banners, MMA walkout. We would have the team. We would 
hold the banner over the ropes. We would replace the turnbuckles with like the ringside style padding that went all the way up the corners and stuff like that. And we would refuse to wrestle unless that happened. And I pitched it to a guy and I, I think I went to college or something. I was, it was in my mid twenties. So I was, I was probably back in school and my catch wrestling coach said, have you been watching TNA lately? And I was like, no, I haven't. He goes, they took your idea. And I was like, no, they didn't. I'll catch up on the DVR. About a month later, I caught up on the DVR. It was week for week what I had pitched. And I was like, mm, probably should have uh, probably should have copyrighted something there. Yeah. Well, I, this, I mean, I've, I actually have, I know, I know it's, it, it's, I don't know if it's narcissistic, but I got a file here uh, of so many things <sighs> That were that I had mentioned in the past that have popped up in the UFC and popped <laughs> up and stuff like that. So whatever. Oh, and our own Anna Bowers artwork. They she did a creation of like you know the old creation painting of two WWE superstars for her segment. Two weeks later, Chris Jericho used one just like that on WWE TV, and now they're selling it at WWE.com. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. I want to talk to you or ask you about something Frank Trigg mentioned uh, on the podcast yesterday, and it just light bulbs went off in my head, man. I'm like, holy Jesus, this is absolutely correct. This Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather potential pay per view can be extremely damaging to the UFC financially because they may make a lot of money up front if they're involved with it. But what's Conor McGregor going to do if he fights Floyd Mayweather and he gets Mayweather money? The UFC will never ever be able to give him a pay that high ever again. And then you're going to have every, and if they dare do that, what are those cards going to look like for the, for, look like for the UFC? And then when, when those guys start wanting that same type of money because they beat Conor McGregor or they did this or they did that, I mean, this is going to be a dangerous situation for the UFC if you look at it long-term, if this thing actually takes place. You may never see Conor McGregor compete uh, in the octagon again once he gets that Mayweather money. I mean, there's a lot of things you could dissect here. Frank Trigg did a fantastic job on yesterday's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you get a chance, I highly recommend it. I, oh, yeah. I did tweet out the time frame when he started talking about it it was gold man it was absolute no pun intended money what he was talking about but this is a dangerous situation in my opinion for the UFC it's short-term gain long-term failure perhaps well that's what they seem to be keen on is short-term game gain long-term failure I don't know that I can break it down any better than Frank Trigg did Frank that that baby-faced SOB on that show yesterday he's a jerk uh, he knows it. I told him to his face. He's a jerk calling. He says, bald guys with no beards, uh, y- your wives are basically married to women. And I was like, His Dude. twin, Kurt Angle, would beg to differ. <laughs> Love Frank. Go ahead. Sorry. He's, but Frank did a great job of breaking it down, and Frank Craig does a great job of breaking a lot of things down. I highly recommend that show. Uh, he was great. When you were gone that week, well, he was like the only one that actually showed up on time, by the way. Uh, Elias was dicking around at Disney World with Brendan Schaub or something. Uh, <laughs> Sean Pearson turned left his faucets on and flooded his own basement so he wouldn't have to do a show with me. So Frank showed up on time in Hawaii like five, six hours earlier or whatever, and that was great. Yeah, it's, it's short-term gain, long-term what the hell, but that has been their MO. It's, le- it's almost like they, they're like, well, let's do whatever we can to get this damn money back. Hey, every celebrity in Hollywood, you want to invest 250K? You want a piece of this pie? Here you go. Then it's that short-term gain. They get that money. Then they don't say, hey, Conan, hey, Mark Wahlberg, hey, Bobby Flay, can you all tweet that we're doing this UFC 208 event? It's going to be a barn burner, but not a lot of people know about it. Can Can you just let us in? Can you help us out a little bit? Nobody, not a Tom Brady, not anybody. Uh, otherwise, maybe that, that could, who knows, maybe that could have added 30,000, 40,000 buys to, to the show. They are about the short-term gain. They want that money back really bad. So I'm not that worried about what the undercard would look like because anything Conor McGregor's on is going to sell no matter what. Now, as a guy who has to use my eyes to, to watch the show, yeah, I'm worried a little bit, but <clears throat> it'll sell. But that's that's a good point. What can they offer him that boxing can't? I would like to think that Connor is smart enough to realize 
that he's just going to accumulate money to where the next four generations of his family probably doesn't have to work. And he seemed cool with like 20, 25 million. And I'm like, dude, you are underselling yourself for a Floyd Mayweather boxing fight. You should not be getting any less than 75 million for this. If Floyd's getting a hundred million, because look at the track record over the past two years. Look at, look at that. I mean, it's, if Conor McGregor sold 400,000 pay-per-view buys like Floyd Mayweather did in his last fight, last fight, Conor would hurl himself off a building. He would be depressed. He, we would never see him again. He'd be like, it was a good run, now it's over. So I don't know what they can offer. Also, the trickle-down. What are other fighters going to start? What, what's John Jones going to start saying? Yep, yep. It's a slippery slope. It's going to be an interesting scenario. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the best thing that could potentially happen uh, in this scenario is if Conor McGregor was to actually beat Floyd Mayweather, because it would open up the eyes of, of the world to mixed martial arts for real. Uh, the odds of that happening are extremely slim. I mean, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard just came out and said Floyd Mayweather is going to knock out Conor McGregor in the first round. Um, I don't know about that, if, but if I were if I were Conor McGregor. I would set myself up for failure. I yep. would go on every morning show. I'd demean boxing. I'd say, yeah, I'll do his little boxing fight because he won't fight me in kickboxing. He won't fight me in Muay Thai. He wouldn't, he wouldn't shin kick fight me if I wanted to. He's afraid to use all the tools that we're given as human beings. I, and I don't feel that way about boxing. I love boxing. But in order to save some face, Conor McGregor should do that. He should say, the octagon is the true test. That's where it all comes together. And if you don't have the confidence to get in there and use all the tools that God gives us or that we're given, I'll do your little boxing fight. I would absolutely do that if I were Conor McGregor. Yeah, and it's 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 an easy it's uh, the Chael Sonnen theory to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, sorry, I just mentioned Chael Sonnen because I was just thinking about something regarding the bad blood between him and Vanderlei Silva. Bad blood cells. All right, bad blood between two individuals, male or female cells. Uh, there is some chatter uh, beginning to develop with this whole Ronda Rousey Misha Tate three fight. Uh, this fight, Sean, in my opinion, can become a reality because Misha Tate has already stated, "I will gladly come out of retirement mm-hmm. to fight Ronda Rousey." Ronda Rousey already has two victories over Misha Tate, and potentially can look at her and say. Yeah, I need to come back. I want to compete again. Uh, and she's someone that I've already beaten, and I'll beat her again. I could see this fight yeah. taking place. I think it could. I think it should. And it's a perfect situation for both of them. They both lost fights. Uh, Ronda Rousey's looking to rebound. Maybe it will give her that fire that she needs. It's a payday for both. And it's a pay-per-view headliner without a title even needed. Like, you throw that on... What happens when they empty the cupboard again? They did that at UFC 205. We were very fortunate uh, and got a nice show. uh, I think it was 206 or whatever it was. In December, we got a nice pay-per-view. But the cupboard was so empty, we didn't get a show at all in January. No pay-per-view in January. The shows are fewer and far between. What happens when they empty that cupboard again? Well, you can, as Brendan Schaub does say, Put up the bat signal for Ronda Rousey. Come on, Ronda. We need you. By the way, you've whipped this girl's ass twice. I think that is that – is, hey, you want that short-term gain? This is, this is a good short-term gain without long-term repercussions because as of right now, who knows if Ronda Rousey will ever fight again. Very so, I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. And then after that, line up Gina Carano too. Say, hey, Gina, come back. Come on, here's the bat signal again. Yeah, I'd just, love to see Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey fight, but I don't think Gina Carano would go near the UFC. I think she's just so enamored with the relationship sure. that she had with Scott Coker, right? That's true, but uh, yeah, that, that is a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I think... Uh, she, can't go to, she can't go to Bellator. She's contractually tied to the UFC. Boom. Correct. Absolutely correct. Um, Derek Lewis has a fight. 
and it's against Mark Hunt in New Zealand. Uh, Pearson and I would like to see, I've never said this about a mixed martial artist before in my life, but if there's ever a guy that I don't want to see uh, emerge victorious, it is Derek Lewis, only because of what he said in that post-fight uh, yeah. victory speech with uh, when, he, when he defeated Travis Brown and all that stuff about Ronda Rousey. I don't like that kind of stuff. Uh, and the stuff that Sean Pearson said off-air uh, is what we call a reality. Uh, where we come from, and I'm sure it's uh, it's it's a lot worse uh, in certain parts of uh, the United States of America. Uh, but uh, Derek Lewis has taken on Mark Hunt. I, I don't like to cheer for people, but you know, you know why I hope Derek Lewis wins. Because after the fight, I'm positive he'll say, after they're like, "What do you think got you the win?" He'll probably be like, "All them steroids I took, just to troll Mark Hunt." Yeah, yeah, true. Like, you know he's going to say something like that. Now, in reality, what I think will happen is Derek Lewis will probably teep the living shit out of Mark Hunt through this fight. Um, he'll probably keep his distance, land a big shot. But you never know. Mark Hunt is one of those guys he could beat any heavyweight in the world on any given night. If he's 42, if he's 32, if he's 49, he's got that power. It's questionable matchmaking. Given that Mark Hunt doesn't really want to be in the UFC, he's lost two straight fights. And, hey, we're going to give you a guy who, if if we put in a title fight, nobody would have blinked an eye. Nobody would have batted an eye. Like, I wouldn't have questioned it. So that's that's puzzling matchmaking. But at heavyweight, what, what have we talked about? Short-term gain. <laughs> yeah. Long-term, who gives a shit? So, which, I mean, to be fair, if Derek Lewis lost to Mark Hunt, then won a fight right after that, you could do the same thing. It's not that big of a deal. It's it's a it's an exciting fight and like it's it's almost like the UFC took exception to what Derek Lewis said. It's like, well, we're gonna put you in a fight against a guy on a two fight losing streak who could absolutely beat you. By the way, you're going, you're flying across the ocean and you're doing it in his backyard. You can make the opposite argument and say that Mark Hunt, because of the lawsuit, they're like, you're getting Derek Lewis now. Both, yeah, they like almost both, like like a double ended. They're like. Hey, we can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> punish, punish Derek Lewis, and let's reward Mark Hunt. Sure, yeah. Uh, you talk about questionable matchmaking. We do have a match that finally makes sense uh, for BJ Penn. He is fighting Dennis Seaver, the fight that we've wanted to see for quite some time. That'll go down uh, Ultimate Fight Night 112 in Oklahoma. Have uh, we wanted to see that for quite some time? Have we? Well, it's the fair fight, Sean. It's the fair I, I fight. Said that I I never said that I wanted to see that fight. I said I preferred that fight over putting Peter yes. in the cage you know what? You're with correct. a chainsaw yes. that was activated. You are correct. Sorry, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, if you turned on a chainsaw and put it in the cage and had BJ Penn run at it, that would be a little bit better than Yaya Rodriguez. So, yeah, I prefer the fight. Sure. It's a harmless fight. If people tune in, cool. That's the right kind of fight to put BJ Penn in. I like it. I'm, I'm going to look forward to seeing it. It's, it's, it's a much fair fight than that Yara Rodriguez fight, but oh my God, Frankie Edgar's got to fight Yara Rodriguez. I'm liking that fight for so many reasons. We talked about the different angles there. Uh, I, I, th- that's going to be a solid fight. But do you think this Tim Boach, I know he signed, but this Tim Boach and Johnny Hendricks fight, is it a loser leaves town match? I, I'll say probably no because Tim Boach just signed a new deal. And they seem to like him, and he puts on good fights. But uh, Johnny Hendricks, man, well, I mean, Johnny Hendricks just won, didn't he? Yeah, he beat Hector Lombard. I think they'll keep him around because he is a name that's familiar that you can throw on these cards. So, I mean, why not? They'll, They'll give him a couple more shots. I don't think the loser will leave this one just because people know who they are. I want to get your thoughts on um, the Jimmy Manoa Corey Anderson fight, not because not the fight in general, because Jimmy Manoa, I told you, man, if this guy decides to hurt someone, he's going to hurt someone. But two things came out from that fight that I that I kind of were like, oh, interesting. First thing, what drives me nuts, uh, and as a play-by-play guy, I would never say this, and when I hear other play-by-play play-by-play guys say it, it kind of irks me when they say it's a one-punch knockout. Yeah, it's not I a one it. punch knockout, man. He threw tw- like twenty seven punches before that to set up that punch. The one punch knockout drives me nuts. It's not true. That is annoying. I, I would say I, like I got so tired of saying that like back in two thousand twelve that I haven't even thought about it in five years. But yeah, it's annoying. It's so annoying. The funniest is when they do it in like the fourth round. 
<laughs> yes. Like, it's like, you know, I love you as play by play guys. You're so talented. But when you say that, it's not, it's just stupid. Now, had Tyron Woodley knocked out Steven Thompson in the fourth round of their fight recently, that would have been a one punch knockout. Yes. Or the fifth but, round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I hate that. That's so stupid. All right. Cut Jimmy Manoa taking shots at John Jones. I don't want to fight him. I don't like him, blah, blah. Is that reverse psychology? I don't know, but it's stupid because the guy didn't use steroids. The The commission made that abundantly clear. This was a screw-up. He's dumb. He's not a cheater, which, I mean, you know, people are going to say it no matter what. That makes me wonder, by the way, like – should they release that information up front? Like, should they wait and release that information? How should they handle that? Because this has happened to several guys. Uh, Jimmy Manoa is a lot like Mark Hunt. On any given night, he could knock out Daniel Cormier. He could knock out Rumble Johnson. The only guy that I can't see him beating, because I can't see anybody beating him, is John Jones. But I don't know if that's the case anymore because it's been two, it'll be two and a half years before we've seen him fight a top-level fighter by the time John Jones gets in the cage. So John Jones could be absolute shit at this point, for all we know. I don't know. I mean, if they put John Jones against Jimmy Manoa in July when he's first able to come back, that would be one hell of a show because, you know, Daniel Cormier, his old-ass legs are going to need time to heal up. If Rumble Johnson wins, Jones-Rumble is the fight to make because you got to do that. It's one of those fights that, that's a bigger money you gotta fight. Make it, you got to make it while you can. Jimmy Manoa, John Jones is a nice backup. If you're trying to say, hey, I want to build up. I want to I wanna build some trust with John Jones. And worst case scenario, Jimmy Manoa knocks him out. And the thing is, I hate that a 37-year-old guy would make his name off of John Jones, but short-term gain. Hey, as the Nikita Krylov fan says, future problems. <laughs> I would, absolutely i would tell him all the time i'm like i just signed a ten thousand dollar student loan he goes ah eh, future problem that's one analogy that's one way of looking at life um uh, before we wrap things up here i see this fightful mania logo uh on the top left of my screen but before you get to that anything mixed martial arts related you want to discuss or do you want to just go off on your fightful mma stuff or fight yeah I'm, I'm sorry me and Matt Riddle are trying to get together on a show today. He is, like, all over the place. I'm doing a members-only show, tentatively scheduled for 2 p.m. It, it may be later, maybe earlier, but I'm trying 2 p.m. Only get that by registering at Fightful.com. Absolutely free, no credit card required. It's like a two-step process, and uh, this will never be released. I'm going to do them here and there. It can be about fighting, uh, wrestling, Movies, TV, really anything. I'm going to have WWE Demon Diva, which many of you know from our comment section on YouTube on there. And go check out our Fightful Mania schedule. We've got a ton of stuff. Like We're covering events all weekend, including Rampage versus King Mo, which I am not very excited about. And it's the end of the podcast, and we just mentioned it. So you can tell you can tell if I'm excited or not. I'll, I'll watch it, but it's the most exciting thing is that Rampage wants to make it a chains versus nipple rings match, where the loser can't wear their chains or nipple rings anymore. Well, didn't <laughs> didn't King we have Mo, an exclusive on that this weekend? By the way, guys, that's didn't what we King do. Mo say I'm going to hump your leg for five rounds? Like you're not selling oh, the Jesus. show. Like, come on, Muhammad, you're not selling the show like that. He doesn't care, man. It's 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 that he. I've mentioned it on the podcast several times. He has that everybody's out to get me mentality, and they're not. They're not. You're right. You're right. And when I saw him in Japan uh, over the holidays, uh, I literally for the three or four days that I was there, didn't say one word to him. He didn't say one word to me. Just just almost unapproachable. And I'm like, if you're giving off that aura about you, I'm not coming to say hi at well, all. I've got all this, my information the, about you, and that's it. This is the guy when Nick Diaz showed uh, didn't show up at a press conference, and uh, King Mo was like, fuck the fans. What do, I, what do I care about the fans? And I'm like, dude, you come out dancing with a fucking crown on your head. Like, well, who are you doing that for? Are you that is – it, is it that much in your own head that – I don't know. I, I'm not one of those guys that is like, because I hate it when fans are like, I bought your house. No, you didn't. They fought. They earned their money. You bought the, like, Bellator 
you, you paid for whatever they earn. Bellator paid for King Mo. Strikeforce paid for King Mo. But, I mean, it's it's weird because he can go from a really nice, approachable guy. I talked to him at an, at an AA MMA event once that I, that I was commentating about his pro wrestling training. We had a good conversation, and then we'll, we'll just go at it on Twitter to the point to where I think I muted him. Oh, really? I mean, uh, my my first interaction with King Mo was in the MGM way back when, before uh, he started getting some recognition. And we actually turned, uh, I said, do, do you want to sit down and do an actual interview? He's like, I'd love to. We did an actual getting to know segment uh, on UFC Central about a guy named King Mo who no one had ever heard of. And we gave him some national exposure. And I got to tell you, that was one of the best interviews I ever did because I was like, this guy is genuine. He's fantastic. He's unbelievable. Just great answers, great persona, uh, great analogies. And that was it. Got to catch him on the right day, man. You got to catch him on the right day because I have had great interviews with King Mo and he has been a gem to deal with. And then there are times... He's kind of, but hey, Rampage is the same way. How did he start off that media call yesterday? He was a dick. He went off on a guy for asking him about TRT, but he talked to our own Steve Muehlhausen, which uh, goes up on Fightful.com this week, and he opens that interview by saying, I know all about your family. I know they used to house mules. I'm like, okay, man. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I Listen. Uh, if I saw King Mo tomorrow, I'd, I'd try my best to go say hi to him. I'm just saying that in Japan, it was it was, you know, he could have been in fight mode, whatever the brain, you know, tuning in, whatever. But I was like, I'm not. Listen, if you give off that vibe, I'm not coming to say hi. But I'm, you know, he's he's a great guy. I'm, I'll say that. And so was Rampage. Rampage, uh, he did slap me once after an interview. Uh, I will say that we should have got it on tape. But uh, it's just Rampage being Rampage. And I, I will say this: uh, I, I do have to thank Rampage for a very long time. If it wasn't for Rampage and Bisping. Uh, I wouldn't got into a club in Las Vegas one time, and uh, let's just say they took care of me. So, good dudes, uh, no matter how zany they can be. All right, floor is yours. Final goodbye. What's up? At Fightful Online, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Wrestle. That at Fightful Online is also on Facebook. Make sure to give us a follow. Also, at Sean Rossap. And yours truly, Joe Ferraro. You can follow me online anytime. Social media at Showdown Joe. Uh, with no major UFC event this weekend, Sean and I will have some time off. I will catch up with all of you. Catch up with all of you on Monday, likely around 10 a.m. But follow me uh, on social media. I'll give you the exact time. And of course, the guest who will join me on Monday. But for now, thank you very much to those who tuned in live, to those tuning in afterwards on iTunes and on Stitcher. We also thank you very much. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy. Rampage versus King Mo. We say goodbye. Ciao for now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.